Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Thursday the 3rd of February and as usual with all the information contained in this presentation, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can pause the PowerPoint slide here and read our disclaimer in full or you can head on over to the website marcustoday.com.au, read the disclaimer there if you're listening on a podcast. And if you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you on board. You can sign up for a free two-week trial there. See how we go. All right. Well, an interesting night in the US. And these numbers may be somewhat out of date uh, in some respects. We had the Dow Jones up 224 points or 0.63%. Corporate earnings trumping worries about rate increases. So 0.63% on the Dow, 0.5% on the NASDAQ, up 72 points, 14,418. And the S&P 500 up 43 points, beating the lot of them, up 0.94% to 4589. As a result of all this optimism, at least in normal trade, the SPY futures were up 7 points, or 0.1 of a percent. VIX index doing nothing, uh, still around 22. But the big news was all about after-hours moves. And uh, to be honest, it was a shocker. And uh, we started the after-hours shocking news with Meta, with the artist formerly known as Facebook, coming up to celebrating its 10-year anniversary as a listed company. It fell more than 20% after the earnings missed. And they also provided a weak outlook statement. Compounding this was Spotify, which was down around 15%, uh, posting disappointing earnings and revenue numbers. Uh, Qualcomm also down 3% after the bell. And we did have... uh, AMD, the chip maker, they were slightly positive, but PayPal remain under pressure. They're down around 25% after their results as well. So all that bullishness in the NASDAQ has going to be taken away to some extent by that shocker from Facebook, or sorry, Meta, as it is now known. They'd have been better off being called Facebook. So take the NASDAQ ride and the optimism of Wall Street with a serious pinch of salt. And of course, those uh, meta numbers and the meltdown that we've seen in a couple of those tech stocks, you know, 20% in Facebook is a big, big move. That may certainly feed through into our technology sector. But for the time being, we'll stick with our market and what could move our market. We've got commodities. We've got Brent crude, 89.47 US dollars a barrel, 31 cents to the good, up 0.35%. Oil WTI was up a mere 6 cents, 88.26, up a James Bond, 007%. Gold was better last night, up half a percent, $8.80, 18.10, spot three zero. Remember the Trading range tends to be 1750 to 1800 so a little bit above that trading range. Of course, iron ore not doing anything because of Asian Lunar New Year holidays. And the Aussie dollar pretty steady around 71.35. It was even pretty steady yesterday, all things considered, when we had Phil Lowe speaking and talking plausible rate rises, etc. 
Uh, more on that in the newsletter today. I also did an article for Livewire last night, which you'll find the link in the newsletter as well today. In other commodities overnight, we had copper up 1.4%, nickel up half a percent, aluminium down 1.5%, zinc up 0.9%, lead up 0.5%, and ton up 0.8 of a percent. BHP in ADR terms was up 0.8 of a percent. Rio up 0.1 of a percent. Still plenty of trade going on in BHP at the moment. Lots of block trades going through in BHP as investors and fund managers and ETFs rearrange their weightings due to that dual-listed structure finishing on Monday. In other U.S. resource stocks and international stocks on the resource front, we had Freeport up just under 1%, Alcoa up 1.8%, Tech up 0.2%, Anglo down 0.3%, Glencore up 0.9%, Vale up 1%, Arbamal coming off a little bit, they're a lithium producer, the world's biggest, down 1.6%. And we did see U.S. banks come off a little bit last night, only a smidge, uh, although um, those tech stocks very much under pressure. Here you can see the S&P 500 closing pretty much close to its highs, but of course it will be infected by that meta result, the Spotify result, and various other results coming in after hours. Conference calls on at the moment. So it's going to be an interesting to see how the overall S&P 500 reacts to that. But of course, Facebook, or rather Meta, is a big component of the US market. So it certainly will not escape that. As far as major stories from overseas go, we've had, uh, I think it's now four days of US equities. Biggest gain since 2020. And uh, we have seen Metaverse cratering after our Spotify also in trouble. Oil at a near 2014 high. OPEC Plus sticks to those measured hikes that we had seen planned. So oil still looking as if it could hit that $100 a barrel mark. Not far off it at the moment. Goldman Sachs says Q2, uh, QT rather, quantitative tightening could impact liquidity and worsen Treasury market volatility. That is certainly something that could happen. Of course, the US has a massive debt that needs funding. And uh, you have to increase rates in the bond markets and on your debt issuance to attract that money in. Otherwise, you get pockets of illiquidity where people just basically won't fund your balance sheet. So that's something to bear in mind. There's a few people warning about the effect of liquidity, especially in the bond markets. Not so much the equity markets, but of course, higher rates because of that illiquidity does feed through into equity market valuations as well. But the good news is S&P 500 earnings are still topping estimates, but the magnitude of the beats is well below recent average quarterlies. And uh, Thomson Reuters data shows US companies raised $532 $532 billion in January, a new record, and lower-rated junk bonds suggest Fed has room to run before credit conditions tighten. Fed officials out and about at the moment stressing they're looking forward to a gradual tightening, five maybe this year. Some have got seven, and I saw one analyst yesterday on CNBC talking about interest rates in the US being 2%. 2% by the end of the year. So that would include... Would point to seven or even eight rate rises. Fed's Bullard sees sees three successive heights to start policy tightening, and the Bank of Japan is under less pressure to shift the yield target than the market thinks. 
I don't know if anybody really cares about the Bank of Japan anymore. It's been uh, doing the same thing for so long. It's probably the definition of insanity. But European inflation hit a record high of 5.1% in January, although Christine Lagarde says the ECB is not for turning and is not in any rush to raise rates. White House officials are lowering expectations ahead of Friday's jobs report, according to Bloomberg. And Senator Manchin has reiterated that the Build Back Better Biden bid is dead. Democrats should start from scratch. And the U.S. has put another 3,000 troops into uh, Eastern Europe to counter threats from Vladimir Putin. What to expect today? Well, we've got some uh, economic numbers, December building approvals and trade balance, but uh, all eyes will be on Westpac as the numbers came out this morning. I have to say uh, it didn't look too bad. They are shuffling the decks and they are looking at a 20% reduction in headcount, mainly coming from uh, head office. So uh, they're certainly shuffling the decks with one or two executive changes. Net profit of $1.82 billion in Q1. There didn't seem to be too many nasties. This is a Q1 report, not a dividend report. Of course, the, the big three banks, with the exception of Commonwealth Bank, are uh, out in terms of their results in May. We have uh, numbers of uh, quarterly updates, but no dividend news there, but certainly no nasties in there. Westpac, of course, has had a bit of a history of nasties, so that may cheer the stock price up a little bit. The net interest margin, though, contracted eight basis points to 1.91%, so that is possibly a bit of a negative. But our market should try and continue yesterday's rally, although in the face of that meta move, I get the feeling that we might run out of a little bit of steam, especially as resources haven't got enough uh, real oomph from those metal prices overnight to kick on. But I could be wrong, but uh, the the banks may hold up relatively well, uh, depending on how the market takes those Westpac numbers. But for me, on the face of it, at least there's no nasties, there's no warnings Um, And uh, it looks as if Westpac at least are trying to address some of the concerns of the market in terms of uh, costs, but they do still seem to be going a little backwards in the mortgage market, which is a very competitive market at the moment. So maybe a bit of a faffing around kind of day to day, and we are starting to hit uh, reporting season. So um, that is going to take its toll. It will be more the individual companies rather than the overall market. We had one expert in the Fin Review today talking about his top M&A picks for 2022. Now, these aren't his top buys by any stretch of the imagination, but they are stocks that he considers, and he's got a pretty good track record. He's a bit of an expert at this, as stocks that could be on the cards to have someone knock on their door. APA was one. AIA is another. That's Auckland International Airport. The Sydney uh, International Airport bid is about to go through. So that will disappear from the exchange. $8.75 looks as if that is what you're going to be getting in mid-Feb. There's only a bit of voting to go. Next DC, another one that he thinks is on the cards. Revisiting some of the old stocks that uh, have had bids in the past. National Storage is one of those. Ampol, Tabcorp, Medibank Private, PointsBet. Interesting one there. PointsBet on his horizon. Uh, NIB, A2 Milk, Ardent Leisure, and the Independent Order of Oddfellows, which is IFL, now renamed Insignia. I much preferred the old IOOF, I must admit. Uh, the acquisition from Aristocrat of Playtech 
has failed. Not enough votes. It's now looking at plan B, looking at new targets. The 10-year yield in Australia just edging up slightly, 1.91%, and in the US, 1.76%. But really nothing very spectacular coming out of that uh, Philip Lowe speech yesterday. The word plausible rate rises in 2022, plausible being the operative word, uh, depending on how things go. I did an interview yesterday for Livewire Markets. You can catch up with that in Henry's Take with the uh, link there, talking about what I thought about the RBA meeting yesterday. Germany uh, also uh, still in positive territory, up 0.04% on their 10-year yields. And TD Securities sees oil way above 100 bucks if Russia attacks. Well, I think that's probably a no-brainer, really considering the effect that that would have on European oil and gas supplies already under serious pressure. And we're seeing some serious pressure in the US as well. Some of the wild weather hitting the Midwest, uh, that's going to push uh, energy prices higher as well. Don't forget we had that big uh, Texas problem. Uh, not uh, That was about a year ago. But uh, certainly wild weather hitting the US, very cold snap across the Midwest. So that will increase energy demand uh, for heating, etc. So that could push the oil price a little bit higher still. Question of the day today, is this a real, it's about a, almost like a Bohemian Rhapsody opening. Is this a real rally or just a dead cat bounce? Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. But is this a real rally or is this just a dead cat bounce? Love to hear your thoughts on that one. But thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to any of the other podcasts that we do, Marcus Strategy Podcast, the On The Desk Podcast, and the On The Couch Podcast. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Next week, I will be recording a session with the boss. I'll be talking to Marcus on the virtual couch. And uh, if you have any questions for the boss, it is time to ask the boss with those questions. And you can email me, henry at marcustoday.com.au, and I will put the best of those questions to Marcus. I probably won't ask him what a loaf of bread costs or a pint of milk or even a rat test, which seem to be in more more evidence at the moment. But uh, certainly put your questions to me and I will put them to Marcus next week on the couch. But that's it from me today. If you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, marcustoday.com.au. Sign up for a free two-week trial. Love to have you on board and have a great session.